Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Mavs Moneyball After Dark. Josh and I are recording here on Wednesday, May 4th. A few minutes before midnight, the Dallas Mavericks... Uh, I don't know how you describe what happened to them in the in this game. They lost 129 to 109. Um, how are you doing, Josh? Ooh, I'm doing okay. Um, getting a little deja vu watching this game. Feels like... In a lot of ways, the Mavericks not only made similar mistakes that they made in game one and similar tactical errors that they made in game one, but yep. this was also like, felt like we were watch, re-watching games four through seven of last season's Clippers series. Like, just very eerie, just how similar those games went down and how this game went down. And yeah, you know, we might sound like, if you've been listening to this podcast for you know the last couple of years we've been doing these post-game podcasts tonight might sound a little bit like a broken record i'm sure yeah some of the points we're going to get into yeah i mean so just to kind of recap the game it was a very physical sloppily called poorly wrapped and i mean this on both sides basketball game where the mavericks kind of in my opinion received the benefit of a lot of weird stuff um so did the suns in the end where it's like these things just sort of work themselves out over the course of a game but the mavericks you know played very well at halftime they're up 60 to 58 they're shooting a lot and hitting a lot of threes they were getting contributions from guys like davis bertans uh spencer dinwiddie played he played a good first half is what i'll say that spencer did um and, you know, with, with Dwight, uh, I'm sorry, with um, Jalen Brunson having foul trouble and looking like a pumpkin and Dorian Finney-Smith picking up three fouls in the first nine minutes, um, the Mavericks were not like they were they were playing on borrowed time. Um, they were up 60 to 58 at the half. Third quarter, they played OK. But because of what I think we're going to focus, one of the things we're going to focus on is a consistent what I and I'm just we're just going to call it this. This is a coaching mistake by Jason Kidd and his coaching staff by continuing to leave Dwight Powell in the game. Um, we'll circle back on some specific numbers. But then they they sort of got themselves together in the third quarter only for the Suns to hit some big shots because the Suns are an excellent team and take <laughs> a six six point lead into the fourth quarter. And then in the fourth quarter, it was ninety-three to ninety-nine. Suns were up after Luca hit a step back three. The Suns proceeded to go on a twenty-three to two run and just close the door on the Mavericks. Like it was over. And it was over quickly. Um Luka Doncic got targeted ruthlessly on defense and looked tired and that tiredness led to sloppy defense. He led a 30, you know, a 3000 year old point guard waltz to the rim repeatedly. And then Chris Paul also just played like, it's gotta be said that Chris Paul just played an outstanding fourth quarter in basketball game. Yeah. That was a clinic. Absolute clinic. Um, Basically played, they played perfect basketball in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. We, you, I don't know where to go from there. Um, well, can I, can I give you some numbers that I was like tracking? Yeah, you wrote the, the recap, so I want you to kind of. Well, in the, the opening us. three minutes of game one and two, the so six total minutes, the Mavericks have so far trailed 18 to four. Yeah. Okay. And you can't keep starting that way. And, and they got outscored. Of, sorry, to, I'm going to give it right back to you. But they also got outscored uh, 14 to six to start the third quarter. Right. Which, tonight. like, those two points in the game are where like 
the fourth quarter barrage is kind of a separate entity to me because the Suns just went off. We've seen the Mavericks do this sort of stuff. But these two instances in the first and the third quarter are where Dallas really lost the game. Um, and I don't like we we now have two games of this, and and like I love Dwight Powell and what the Mavericks have done. They've squeezed every ounce of talent from him. He's shown us wrong in so many different ways. But when teams have the ability to game plan, he is not he they pick on him on switches and then they bully him when he's on Aiton. It is it is just not an, it is it's something he can't do. And I don't understand continuing to roll him out up there. Yeah. Um after game one, it was very obvious. And then what was especially disappointing with this game is it was so obvious, you know, the fourth quarter in game one, it was so clear what, what got the Mavericks back in that game. They outscored the Suns by 10. It's still the best quarter the Mavericks have played in this entire series. Um, and, you know, you can you can say Phoenix maybe let off the gas a little bit, whatever. But still, I mean, it was the best quarter the Mavericks have played in this series. And it was totally fueled by, you know, either Dorian at the five or Maxi at the five, five out basketball, spreading the Suns out, getting DeAndre Ayton into some uncomfortable situations on the perimeter uh, and, and making do with, you know, it's not like Powell and, and Maxi were, were doing much to deter Ayton anyway. So you're not really losing much on the defensive end on that side because Ayton's killing you no matter who you have at center. So. Yes, l- uh, listen fact, to this. Yeah, the fact that 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 didn't carry over into game two. You know, I understand that you can't start Finney Smith and you can't play Finney Smith at the five. You can't run that lineup out for forty eight minutes, but not starting Maxi, which means it's mm-hmm. going to take you even longer to get to that small lineup. It just it just felt ill advised and, and foolish. Yeah, and and we we just we we have enough sample. There's no reason to keep doing it. It's not Powell's fault, right? It is the coaching staff's fault. And, and well, and it's the front office and Mark Cuban's fault, but that's kind of a bigger picture thing where it's like the Mavericks entered this season with six centers and apparently can only play two of them, you know, and really, actually, if we think about it, they had like seven or eight on the roster over the course <laughs> of the year and they just can't play any of them. And that is what it is. So then, then the secondary thing, which where they really got destroyed, um, this is less secondary. This is actually probably primary, but the, the rough starts are a like provoke kind of a downhill consequence that the Mavericks can't do anything with. And the, this second, like this other thing is, is crazy. Harlbaugh Volgaris has tweeted this out. The Suns went at Luca 50 times as a screen defender and scored a casual 1.72 points per chance. That's crazy. So just to, to give you guys an opportunity here, they scored on him seven of eight times. Yeah, they scored. Well, they scored uh, points on him. Yeah, is that one point one? I'm basically thinking of it. It's like one point seven five points per chance. It's like eight point. You know, like seven out of every eight points is, is anyway. I'm probably getting the math wrong there, but it's it's they they eviscerated him, and it. I don't know what to say. Yeah, this is. I think there's going to be a lot of talk, and I'm I haven't read your recap yet, and I'm sure you got into it, and I you know this might be where. You know, I, I know we don't always disagree on this pod. This might be a chance where we actually do disagree. Um, you know, I don't think this was a Luca example of a game where, like, hey, Luca needs to get in shape. Like, and and I want to clarify with this: he still does. Like, this, I'm not trying to say he doesn't. I'm just mm-hmm. saying this isn't a game where I don't think you can point to and look at the example for because I don't know. You know, even if he was in shape, like we want him to be. 
I don't think there's a player in the NBA that can have the usage that he has in this playoff series and still be expected to play 40 plus minutes of elite best player on the floor basketball. Like, I just don't think there's a way around it. Uh, I don't think the Mavericks can keep running an offensive attack and running out a roster that relies on Luka to literally do everything and not just score points and set up players to score points, but he's, he's also the best rebounder on the team. Um, So that's, you know, the, the, the responsibilities on him are immense almost more so than any other player in the NBA. I feel and through two games, I just looked this up, through two games, he has a 40% usage rate in this series. That's absurd. Yeah. For context, LeBron James' highest usage rate in the playoffs was 37.6%. But how and, much of that is on him? Right. That's Now, that's that's another question. That's how much where is I on him to, and how much is it on the roster? I, I, I come to where, well, and, 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 you know, this is where a little bit of the Brunson thing comes into it. And Brunson was... He was MIA. If, he was on a milk cart. If Brunson wants... If Brunson wants to be the man, he's got to be the man. And he like th- this is a t- these two games are are textbook for what we say when we mean Brunson has problems with length. And I had somebody really, and this is a smart point. They're like, "What are you talking about?" And like the average person in the NBA is like six foot six. Everybody's taller than Brunson. But like I, I thought about that. It's like okay, okay, but we mean like actual good defenders. And then the counter to that is, well, of course he's going to have problems with good defenders. That's why they're good defenders. But you can't go nine of 28. He has nine made field goals and eight fouls in two games. Jesus. That's terrible. And so to bring this back to the Luka thing, it's a catch-22 situation where, yes, you do not want Luka doing this stuff. You don't. I don't like it any more than you guys do, except when he's hitting, like, the really big threes. But I'm not sure what the solution is. I go back to the really questionable quote from the preseason where it's talking about Luca using the paints like Picasso, Tim Cato wrote about like using his thing. I'm like, what else, like what else can he do? You know, Dorian Finney Smith got in boneheaded foul trouble. Jason Kidd left him in with two fouls. And it's just, I don't, I'm not sure what else he like, like, like are they supposed to do? Like, yeah, I mean, just, I don't know. Not run Spain, pick and roll over and over again. Okay. I'm interested in that. That's actually an interesting discussion. What yeah. other offensive stuff can they be doing other than high screening roles? The the other the only other two people that can that are in this rotation and can dribble a basketball are Dinwiddie and Brunson, and those guys went uh, six of twenty two tonight. Yeah. Um, so you know, I think there is a legitimate question on asking. You know, does Luca want? Will Luca want to play? a style of basketball where he doesn't have the ball in his hands, you know, 40%, you know, you, you used to trade of above 35 in the forties. Yeah. Like that is a question, but right now I just don't think, you know, the roster just still isn't good enough to me when you see guys like Brunson and Dinwiddie do what they did tonight. Well, and, and it's just tough for me to, to reconcile, you know, if Brunson had it going and he was like, you know, four or five, but he just wasn't getting enough touches. I, I, I can, I can understand and be like, Hey, look, the Mavericks need to, to, move off this and, and stop, you know, pounding a, a square peg into a round hole and, and let Luca diversify the offense. But man, when these guys have nothing, like I just, it's hard for me to get upset about how Luca feels about how he wants to run this offense. Like I just feel like the talent or just something has to change there before I get really mad at Luca for it. But also like, I don't know the coaching, you know, it's on the coaches to figure it out too. Like, I think we both agree though. 
it, it's not sustainable. We saw it in the Clippers series. He well, he broke down by the fourth quarter in every game of last year in the playoffs. Like, I think we need to be specific. Just can't do it. I think we need to be specific on one point. When we say the Mavericks need to be need to have a better roster, what we mean is they need to have a better roster if they want to be a true contender. Yeah, because they they were the fourth seed in the West. They did just win a series. And they really did win. They, they played some incredible regular season basketball, but there's 82 game basketball and there's 16 game basketball. And the Mavericks have through three with a largely similar roster outside of exchanging a shooting guard every season. The Mavericks have simply shown that this, this group of guys cannot get it done. And through, through right now, then yeah. that's not said they're bad. I just, I want to be specific with that because I feel I feel like like I was talking with Tim and I was re-listening to the podcast we did and we were just like crushing them. And it's not the player's fault. It's this entire organization's misguided – misguided is even wrong. Because, again, fourth seed. Their, their attempt at team building has not worked in the way that puts them on the same level as these other teams in the playoffs. Yeah, and then, I, I mean, you could say, you know, they were the fourth seed. Um, and I, like, I'm, not, I'm not trying to take anything away from that. But then you look at like – Look at the trajectory, and I think that's something where we can hammer them on because Luca is 23, and Brunson is obviously young. And right. after that, where I mean, I know it sounds off. I'm really sorry. I don't want this to sound like we're at, we're, we're doing a eulogy podcast. No, but I mean, we have to games, like that. But, it's painful, yeah. <laughs> right? And that's the thing is, you know, they built a a team that's the fourth seed, and that's great. And they should get all the kudos in the world for doing that and getting the monkey off their back with the the, the playoff drought, uh, playoff winning drought. But at the end of the day, I mean, how many of these guys are going to be on the roster when Luca's 28, which is five years from now? So that's the part that I'm a little concerned about is I just don't see the, you know, I don't see the plan in where it goes forward from here. And that's the part that's troubling. Because if you looked at this and if, if you look at this game, and they get crushed. They're down 2-0 to, to a clearly superior and, and much more talented team. But if Reggie Bullock was like 24, if Dorian Finney-Smith was 22, if Maxi Kleba was 25, you'd be like, okay, well, we've got a core. You know, let's see what these guys can do and grow. But almost all these guys outside of Luke and Brunson that are in the rotation are 30 or close to 30. So it's like, well, what do we, you know, where do you go from there? And that's what kind of makes me a little nervous about going forward. But again, Lucas 23 and they, they have time. It's just, the NBA is weird. You know, well, it's just, you know, I just don't, I don't, it's, it, it's weird. You don't want to get too panicky about the future, no. but also we've just seen time and time again that, you know, things change in a heartbeat. Sure. Sure. Yeah. What we're saying, and I said this to Tim, I don't see a clear path right now for improvement for a team that's capped out. Right. That, I'm, and, yeah, I'm right there. They have to, they'll have to pull a trade out of their ass. Basically. That's so, kind of their only, only path. The only other thing that, that like, it's like, for me, this was really pretty simple where you break it down into segments where Dwight Powell shouldn't be starting, but he still has the play. Right. Um, he can play Jaylen, his 13 minutes. Just yes. not, not at the beginning of the, of the game. Jalen Brunson needs to play better. Just full mm-hmm. stop. Just play better. Don't really care how. Play better. Luka Doncic needs to learn the lesson of getting in better shape because I think him getting targeted on defense happen will happen the rest of his career. He's never going to be a stopper. That's okay. He doesn't have the feet for it. He does have the body to absorb and deal with contact, 
but he like getting blown by by slow point guards and Chris Paul's not a light like not a water bug anymore. That was indicative of being tired. And yeah, and just, the body language was bad too. That was that's bad. something I will I will say he needs to be better about when things get bad, when the going gets rough. I'm, I mean, obviously he rises to the occasion a lot of times, but there are just some moments where he's got his. You know, yeah. uh, hand yeah. on his knees, hunched over, well, walking did, did back on defense. Turned on. Were you listening to the commentary? Uh, I was. A little, I mean, so honestly, he, at this point, it, it's tuned out for me. Well, so he he was getting like like there was a sideline reporter who talked about how he was getting into it with fans and stuff, enjoying to the point to where it was like almost an issue. Um, oh, yeah, he I went back that. to the locker room and like, man, I get it. I get getting. You know, part of it is like the give and take with Luca, where his his passion sometimes over overcomes his good sense. But this was one of those games where where that happened. And it affected his play. It really did. Second half was he, you know, he he entered halftime and he had 24 points. He scored 11 points in the second half. And he, was he not didn't shoot poorly. It was just turnovers, weird, and, like and really weird bad plays. live ball turnovers. Yeah. Like Luca's the penchant, the live ball stuff is killer in any team, any situation. Full stop. Um, and and so it's just his decision making. His he passed out four times where or at least four maybe three that led to like turnover where it's like dude take the shot what you know i don't know we're getting really in the weeds yeah. <laughs> about the specific criticisms yeah but it's just it's like you have to play this sun's team perfectly and you yeah. tweeted something that made me laugh towards the end of the game where everyone's like the suns can't shoot that well guess what guys they shot better <laughs> yeah they shot better <laughs> i had uh one of my uh favorite one of my favorite followers who always uh he, he, you know, reads the site, re- listens to podcasts. I can't, I don't have his name off the top of my head. Uh, oh, Matt Sullivan. Sorry if I'm calling him out, but I think he, he responds to you as well. He's really, he's really nice uh, follower. And I love having back and forth with him. And he's yep. like, well, they're not going to shoot 64% again. And I'm just like, he's like, it's, you know, remember the first two games in LA, the, you know, the Mavericks played against the Clippers where they were world, you know, they're basically shooting 60% from three for two games. And then they kind of fell off a cliff. And I'm like, yeah, I get it. But, it's just, you know, the Clippers also were going, you know, the, the Mavericks were going against the Clippers, you know, defense. The Suns are going against the Mavs defense. That seems a little strung out right now. So yep. I don't know. I mean, this, you keep, if, if your hope for getting back into the series is, is waiting for the Suns to miss shots, like that's. You, you know, know what they made on their two point shots? I'm sure it was close to 60%. Uh, it was 71%. <laughs> and they don't get to the rim a lot, so that's a lot of jumpers. <laughs> no, yeah. I that's mean, crazy. Um, and then Mavs got lucky because in the sense of certain Mavs, certain, um, you know, DeAndre Ayton was in foul trouble. Um, their, their entire big man roster was in foul trouble. And the, and the Mavericks couldn't pull it out. Like, it, it's... It's yeah. a very challenge. This is a very this is a hard pill to swallow. Not mainly not just because they got blown off the, the floor in the fourth quarter. Like that sucked, like objectively, but they were still not winning when lots of things were going their way. Yes. I mean, there was we, we pointed out instances where things didn't go their way, obviously already, like the Brunson stuff, the Finney Smith stuff, but it's just you know, this was a very last season box score. Yes. And so. Yeah, and I want. I'm so glad you brought that up because I wanted to bring that up because I mean there was so much uh, complaining about the refs from Mavs fans, and I got it. I get it early because you know Brunson and Finney Smith had foul trouble, 
Um, but Brunson finished with four fouls and Finney Smith finished with four fouls. So yep. like after wasn't that, that like first, bad. after that first quarter, you cannot look at the point at the refs and say that was like a significant reason the Mavericks weren't in this game. The, the Suns had more fouls called on them. The Mavericks got to the free throw line more. The Suns had worse, ended up having worse foul trouble with, with their, you know, big man. I mean, they played, I mean, if, if you play Bizbeck Biombo 18 minutes, like the, that should have, the Mavericks should be looking at that and be like, okay, we did it. Like, I mean, that's a victory. They got, they got like, a fifth foul on, no, a fourth foul on McGee and they didn't attack him. Yeah. They just shot threes. Like they got that, they got that four point play that I felt like was a little egregious. Uh, yeah. That was, a, that was Max, a bad call. Tony yeah. Brothers is a bad referee. Yeah. Um, I felt like, you and I, I got plastered for this on Twitter, but that flagrant foul on Aiton, I don't understand it. Like Dwight appeared in front of him <laughs> on the side as he's going for a layup. And it's like, he's bringing the ball up. Like they, they, they call, I don't know people. I got crushed on that I, for Twitter. And I'm just I like, know. you know, I it is it's, what it is. Yeah. I think it's one of those things where like, it's probably by the book. I'm kind of yeah. with you. It's by the book of flagrant foul, but it's just like Aiton wasn't trying to, to hit pal on the head he was just you know guy he was trying to do like a little euro step which guys do all the time he just happens to be seven one and Powell happens to have a magnet for for elbows his face has a magnet for elbows uh so that worked out i mean aiden aiden was the difference in game one and he was not a non-factor in game two and the suns won by 20 points i mean that's i mean doesn't that kind of if you want to tell the one sentence summary of how bad game two went for the Mavs, i think that's it yep Aiden had nine and three in 18 minutes. If you would have told Mav anyone before the game, after game one, but before game two, that would be Aiden's line. I guarantee you 90% of the people you tell that to would be like, oh, okay, well, the Mavs win. Mavs win game two, and they lost by 20. It's tough. Well, I don't know. I'm going to go do Spotify Green Room. Um, (laughs) Those are a little – I'm sorry, Spotify Live. Those are often shorter um i'm you know the last one only went for like 45 minutes like nobody had anything to say so i'm gonna post it we'll be up again the mavericks play friday night at home you know a lot of the post game quotes and stuff they're reading like luca is just like i've got to play better defense like the stuff that you like it's it's part of why i think we defend luca so vehemently because it's like he owns his mistakes um he really does. and it's you know you, you don't see a lot of star player like like you just don't see guys that are bad at defense being like, I need to play better defense. Like there's, there's, I don't know. I'm rambling. So <laughs> we'll be back with content. Um, you're not going to have a column tonight, which is fine. You've written a billion. I don't really think there's really, like, <laughs> our site traffic is always hilariously down after losses anyhow. Um, and then we'll be back, you know, there'll be stuff on the site. Matthew Phillips is writing a few things. Um, I'll probably do another show. We'll be back Friday um, after the game. That game starts at eight thirty, which is a little bit more tolerable than this. I'm just I'm tired. So yeah, I'll try to circle the wagons before game three and, and get something on the site. I just need a little. Tomorrow's like, gonna. Like, what do you say? Pers- it's a. <laughs> it's 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 tough. Where it's just like one of the things I, I not to drone on, but one of the things I keep circling back to was when Mark told us on the podcast. He's like, "This was a Rick Carlisle built team," and I just sitting here and I've been thinking about this. Where I'm like. Ricardo didn't want six playable guys. Like what? <laughs> like even yeah. Tim, like Tim Cato is reluctant to like criticize, like outright criticize. And he was, he was with me yesterday when he's like, uh, the campaign, he was with me in summer league, like campaign was on the Mavericks legends team. And the, the Suns just signed him. 
It's like like in the Mavericks gave Trey Burke a three-year contract. Like, like like not the not I mean I'm not being like crass here. Like that guy would play 12 minutes a game for this team. I don't he know, would. Whatever. He would. We're 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 rambling. Know, we're All right, guys. We're circling the drain. We'll talk. To you, we'll talk to you guys later. Have a better week.